Yo guys, what's up, what's up? We're back here with a fucking another episode of the Daily Motherfucking J. So I just wanted to go ahead and do this for you guys um, because I said I was going to record this episode. If you guys remember anything, um, you remember specifically I was going to cover on this whole this whole big influencer thing where the girl had 2.6 million followers and she only sold 36 t-shirts during the launch of her clothing line. Now here's what's really interesting about this. This to me is absolutely mind-blowing. Like you literally would think, oh, you're an influencer, you've got 2.6 million followers. How is it, how is it that you cannot sell anything? Well, here's the here's the thing though. I would imagine, and I haven't done my due diligence on my research, so you know, don't don't directly quote me on this, but I would imagine that her audience simply follow her out of entertainment value. They did not follow her specifically because she gave any actual value to the end consumer. She probably did not come off as the thought leader in the space because there's a big difference between someone who has entertainment factor versus someone who actually has influence and real weight. And and people tend to get the, the, the two misunderstood. Like the actor, like you probably, you'll see this a lot, a lot of times when you'll see, um, like what they call it celebrity endorsements. You'll see a celebrity who is an actor be, uh, getting behind some big uh, some big philanthropy company because they are relevant in culture and they use a celebrity to effectively bring awareness to their cause and people that because they really like the celebrity they're gonna start saying hey let's do something now in regards to um, in regards to uh, this 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 glo- this global warming issue. Now, the celebrity is in no way, shape, or form qualified to talk about global warming, um, fossil fuels, or even the, the typical, the typical like uh, uh, greenhouse gases, because they don't—they're not an expert in the fucking space. There already is an expert in the space. The only reason they brought that celebrity on is to put a fucking face to it that people know, like, and trust to give this. Um, this group some level of credibility because a celebrity clearly cares about it, but that does not make them a fucking th- authority. And this goes right into the idea of a cognitive bias. Like there's a part of our brain called the basal ganglia. That the basal ganglia is the part of the brain that deals particularly with habits. And they did these studies with rats, and they would put them through a maze. And when the when the rat was going through the maze trying to find the chocolate, the first time the rat would go through the maze, he would have a lot of brain, neural activity where his brain would be lighting up as he's scratching, he's sniffing the air, he's scratching the walls because he's trying to find the chocolate. Once he finished that maze, the activation stopped. And each time they cons- they consistently put him through that maze afterwards, the brain lit up with less and less activity. Why? Because he was starting to form uh, long, long-term memory, which is what we call muscle memory. This is where you're able to recall um, something that's been done in the past and you uh, have the reflexes to know specifically how to do it. Well, that's because what your brain does, the moment that it does anything repetitively enough, it starts storing actual mental real estate of that habit um, and of that pad, that that action pattern. So that way, the next time that you do it, it becomes easier. It gets to the point eventually where the brain doesn't light up with any activity whatsoever. It becomes just a, a consistent and cognizant habit that once you get in um, to doing whatever the habit loop is, you just go through it. You don't think about it. Like I would imagine that most of you guys that are, in, that are here listening, you don't think about when you go to brush your teeth in the morning. You just go and brush your teeth. But I would venture to say this. Whenever you go to go brush your teeth, if something changes about the way you brush your teeth, maybe like your mom comes and distracts you. Maybe like a loud thud comes out of nowhere. Maybe like there's a random earthquake and you go back to brushing your teeth. You're going to feel that something's a little bit off today. And the reason you're going to feel something's a little bit off about the way that you brush your teeth is because something interrupted the pattern. 
Something interrupted your pattern loop. Have you ever had this situation where you've gone to brush your teeth and you maybe changed one of the ways that you did it? Maybe you switched hands and you had to go back and switch hands to the hand that you brush your teeth with all the time. And the reason that you did that, it was because it felt off to you. It just, your teeth didn't feel quite as clean. Well, the reason they didn't feel quite as clean was simply because maybe you brush your teeth with the left hand. Maybe you have a specific way that you brush them and when you change to the right hand, things felt off to you. Your teeth didn't feel clean. That's because your brain has a, when when a habit gets locked in, it gets locked in to the specific way that you do it, to the specific maybe smells that are going on around you. And when you don't have those triggers in place to let you know that the the habit is being followed, uh, hook, uh, not hook, line and sinker, pretty tight ship all the way till it's finished. You feel, you get a cortisol response, which is a little fear response like, hey, this is not what we do. You need to go back and fix this. And this goes with anything. Like if you have a way that you take to work every single day, your brain doesn't think, it just takes that way to work. And when someone says, hey, you should take another way, it throws off the whole way that you're driving. And you have to kind of like try to get familiar with this new area that you're driving through. And it's because it's not native to you. It's not based on your habit or your habit patterns. Like this is the same for me. Like I have bulletproof coffee every single morning at the same fucking time every single morning. And when I don't have it, my whole day is fucking thrown off in terms of the way that I feel because I do it so often and so regularly that my brain just expects that they're going to get a little dopamine, dopamine spike because I know that I take and ingest this coffee every single morning at the same specific time, same bat time, same bat channel. Well, it's just, that's how habits work. And it's because your brain is very, very lazy. Your brain is, it is lazy, but it's, it's the whole aim is to be as efficient as possible to keep you protected. Why? Because anything that's consecutive, if your brain was paying attention to shit that was always, um, not changing, you wouldn't have the mental acuity to pay attention to when a tiger comes and, and, and starts growling at you. And your brain had evolved this way to, in order to help you to survive. So we've developed these cognitive biases as a way to keep us safe. Now, with that being said, if people understand that we have a click and were response to the things that we are doing, what ends up happening is we can easily be taken advantage of and misled and misguided to someone else's whims and someone's nefarious schemes simply because they know how to take advantage of our pattern loops, especially if they study you and watch you enough. Most, and the reason I know this is because I'm a marketer. Our whole job is to, is to manipulate your habit loops, which is why we look at your buying patterns online. We start getting an idea of what have you bought within the past 30, 60, or 90 days. Why? Because if we know you have a habit of doing something, we can, we can interrupt that habit um, and, take advan- and take advantage of what you're already doing. We can actually uh, come and not interrupt the pattern. We can come alongside you with your buying patterns and make suggestions for you to buy things that are very similar to that. Why? Because you have a habit. If it's familiar enough and it doesn't break the pattern loop, you'll make the purchase. And the only reason I have practical working knowledge with this is because I used to leverage this exact phenomenon when I'd want to sleep with girls. I would figure out what the girl's pattern was and I would reverse engineer exactly how I'm going to have sex with her. Now that's like super crass of an example, but this is how lazy our brain is. Like if, like if I could take advantage of your pattern loops, you're going to do whatever I want you to do without ever thinking about it. Why? It's a habit loop. It's something that you don't use unconscious now. It's what's considered an autonomic reflex. This is based off of Pavlovian conditioning. Let's bring this back full circle when it comes back to influencer marketing. This poor girl had the unfortunate incident of she had attention. She had attention at scale. I bet you the fashion brand for sure thought this girl's going to be able to sell. She had 2.6 million followers. What they failed to realize though was that 
she had she had an she had an engaged audience, all right. She just wasn't an engaged audience of customers because I'd imagine from the beginning of when she built her platform, she didn't think about, hey, I'm gonna monetize and I'm gonna start selling uh, fashion accessories and fashion clothes specifically to this end audience. I would also venture to say number two is that this here here's one part of it the products fucking like from the comments which you can tell the, the products fucking sucked people thought that the graphics on the fucking tees were exceptionally basic like you could be an amazing marketer but like i always say this bitch i'm not jesus i cannot market a shitty product because at the end of the day all it's going to do is going to expose how shitty the product is twice as fast the product needs to be good it needs to it needs to specifically be something that your consumers are happy with and I would imagine that she did not solicit her end consumer to see exactly the type of designs and the, the type of uh, graphics that those people wanted to where they would buy. Because if over if, if over 80% of people told you the graphics they would want, you would effectively know exactly what the design that would sell. Because And then your audience would be engaged and be willing to support you and more than likely to buy. Because why? They've invested in the actual... Um, in the designs and what they have said is we want this and, and it seems like you as the influencer listened to what they said took the feedback and then actually came out with the product they specifically desired right so they're going to be invested in making that purchase um number two i would imagine she didn't have a full full-on solid marketing campaign she probably just thought i could make a few posts and that's going to this is going to generate people to buy but here's the ready when you need someone to buy something like even with like nightclubs open they usually have like a year-long campaign to prep and to prepare people for the opening it's the same thing with making a purchase like whenever um apple comes out with a new computer dude they, they start giving out little hints in the media about like a year to two years before to get you ready for when the new store is going to open or for when the new product is going to come out it's the same thing with any company when they're going to start a campaign they start the campaign like six to nine months out and they plan it all the way through to make sure that there's a steady growth in the hype all the way until they're ready to make the fucking sell. This girl probably didn't consult with an actual marketing team to get an idea of we need to have a like six to nine month campaign to start prepping and to start seeding the girl that this is the things that we think about whenever we take someone on to work with them. We start specifically discussing with them. Hey, we know you're going to be coming out with a TV show within another five, uh, another five or six months. One of the things we're going to do is let's go ahead and start planning the campaign way early in advance and then start prepping and seeding your audience that you're going to have something like this coming up. So then they are ready for it. They are and they are excited and they have an anticipation and an expectation for it already. So then when you do do the release, they've been well and um, they've been well informed way in advance of the release so then they know specifically when to tune in to watch the show they know specifically uh, the call to action steps um, that are going to lead them down a specific funnel that gets them either to make a purchase that gets them to either tune in um, like because that's how it's supposed to be done like you need to have a consecutive step by step plan there's an old saying if you fail to plan you plan to fail this is very simple you could tell from what the comments that people that were commenting about what this girl was doing, she was not a business owner. She was an influencer. She was not an owner and operator of a fashion brand. It might have been behooving to actually consult an expert who has opened a line before in the past, consulted their marketing expert, and specifically see exactly what she needed to do to make sure that campaign launch was fucking successful. She only needed to sell a certain number of shirts, and unfortunately, because she couldn't make those sales, she got dropped. And now she's exceptionally embarrassed and she's lost a lot of face value simply because she lacked 
good planning. She lacked good due diligence. She didn't um, prep for a full-on launch. She didn't beta test. She didn't beta test the product. This is exactly what internet marketers do. What they will do is they're going to come out with a new product. They're going to test, is the hypothesis true? I think this thing is going to be viable, but let me go ahead and test my audience and see overwhelmingly, is there a market for this that if I put this product out there, people will fucking buy? She did not do her due diligence. Therefore, she did not know. She just assumed I'm an influencer that someone's going to buy. Now, this may not be 100% accurate, but I would imagine that when you have cloud at scale, people start fucking hyping you up. There's a girl that I know of specifically right now. This girl's fucking trash as fuck as a rapper. Anyone that's tuning in that, that has like worked with this girl, no specific. This girl fucking sucks donkey dick. I have seen her YouTube videos and I am like, this girl's the most trash rapper fucking ever. Like, and um, and and that's saying. That's saying a lot because here's why. Most rappers today are fucking trash. She's more trash than the trashiest ones. Like she can't rap. And everyone else is like, girl, don't let these people bring you down. You slay queen, you slay. And I'm like, none of you motherfuckers are, are good critics of fucking rap because here's the reality. Your music selection is quite fucking shit. You're only doing that because this girl's your friend and you know her, you know, like, and you trust her. So you're willing to support it. But she sucks. And unfortunately, none of you guys are telling her that she fucking sucks. You're gassing her the fuck up. Let her think that she's like, she's like, she's got the move. And here's what's funny. Everybody that posted on her YouTube video specifically was like, yo, that ain't the move, chief. Yo, um, I think you need to consider your fucking day job. Like every comment was fucking negative. I'm gonna be honest with you. If everyone is commenting about something you put out and it's, and it's effectively negative, that's not people trying to hate on you. That's specifically people. That's like, that's a consumer poll. They're letting you know, yo, you fucking suck at this. You need to go back to the fucking drawing board. She kept the fucking video up. What I would have done has been like responding back to those people. Yo, thank you for the, thank you for the critique and thank you for the feedback. I clearly need to fucking change. I asked a homie of mine, yo. I put a lot of content out there. You tune into all my shit and you reply to a lot of my shit, which lets me know I have specific engagement and clearly I have social weight over this person. They're clearly a legitimate fan. I'm curious, what is it that you think? Is this helping you? Do you think I am full of shit? Why do I ask that? Because I'm going to do a consumer poll. I care about what my end consumer thinks. Is my content relevant? Is it useful to you? Can you see yourself using this? If I don't do those things, I can never figure out exactly if you're engaged or not. And if I can, if I don't know that, I can't start to tailor and shift what I'm doing, tailor and shift my content specifically to be viable to you. This is what we call in game. It's called calibration. You have social intelligence. You figure out, hey, this is not the correct move for this social environment. This is not the correct move for this, this social context. I need to move and I need to adapt. I need to shift. I need to change and do the things that are correct. That's like me shitting on the floor, you know, in, uh, uh, over at Buckingham Palace. That's not the move, chief. That's socially uncalibrated. What this girl did, the reason why what she did didn't work is it was untimed and it was socially uncalibrated. This is why you fucking test. Because your audience can give you feedback and then you can adjust. Like McDonald's does this. McDonald's comes out with a new product and they will beta test for six to nine months. Uh, and see how it works before they unveil it in all their other stores because they need to make sure that if they unveil it, that it's going to hit and they can effectively make a sell. It's the same thing whenever you see like Doritos put out a new brand at like uh, uh, at Cardenas, at uh, uh, El Super, at Superior. You'll see them do this at like Dollar Tree, the 99 cent store, the 89 cent store, 98 cent store. You'll do it at all these like low rent places. And the reason that they're fucking doing it is they want a beta test at these low income places. And if it gets popular, you'll, after about seven months, you'll see them strip it off the shelf and you'll see it in stores. You'll see it at Ralph's. You'll see it at, uh, you'll see it at Ralph's. You'll see it at Bonds. You'll see it at Stater's. You'll see it at Albertsons. Why? 
Because what they're effectively doing is they are testing the market. They are testing, is our hypothesis correct? And they still use digital to fucking test whatever new flavors are coming up, specifically before they go ahead and introduce a new product. You have to test. You have to test is your theory correct or if it's wrong. Because if it's wrong and you continue going about the same um, actions, it's just not going to work. So with that being said, this girl, I th- I really feel for her. I really feel for her. She went and she uh, she disabled all of her comments on her different social media feeds because she didn't want anybody giving her social backlash. But here's the reality. She needed to keep those things open. She she needed to keep those things open so people could see that she made a mistake. Because here's, here's the reality. If she at least came out and said, hey, I made a mistake. Hey, I fucked up. I didn't test. People would respect the transparency and respect the honesty. People would still come alongside of her and support her. And now, because you um, you've admitted that you fucked up, what you can at least do now you can look at that overwhelming feedback and you can make the changes that need to be made. So, and then you can do a second launch. And here's the reality. Because all those people are talking shit to you, you've got the perfect place to fucking test and to see, is this working? Do I need to do something else? Well, clearly you need to do something else. Then for her next product launch, it might do a lot better. Why? She's got millions of people that are letting her know, this ain't the move, chief. I need to do something different. She probably can, she can, she can really consult with those brands the next time and come back a lot stronger. Like this setback isn't shit. As long as you don't quit, that's all that matters. Don't fucking quit. Do not quit. The thing I would like to see from this girl is come back, come back, come back out the gate swinging. You may have fucked up, but what I want to see from you is this. Go do your beta test for your audience. Make the changes that need to be made on the product and improve it. Go consult uh, some legitimate marketing experts that can give that work with fashion brands that can consult you and tell you specifically what you need to do for your next launch. Um, just do and do your homework. Do your homework of the marketplace. What's the price point going to be for the product? Figure out what the branding of the product is going to be and how it's going to specifically um, how it's going to ma- match with who you are as the actual influencer. So that way, it's a legitimate collaboration. Because I see this with a lot of influencers; they'll end up taking on shit that they that they really don't have a liking for, and it's not who they are at the core. And your audience, that especially the the more of a fan that they are, they know when you're full of shit and they know when you're not because they followed you since day one. They know what you've struggled with, um, what the good things about you are, what the bad things about you are, because they've tuned in so long. They've been able to see like your weak points. The people that don't know you, they don't know that you're full of shit and you may not fool them, but you, but you may not, you may fool them, but you definitely won't fool the people who've been following you from day one, because here's the reality. We have patterns and our brain is optimized to recognize patterns. It's optimized to recognize where we fall short. That that's just how we work as human beings. So with that being said, like getting into the idea of being an authority, um, to go back to that point about what Kanye, what Kanye was talking about was the, was this, if you're an authority on something, you need to actually have an, um, what's considered expertise in the space. You need to be an authority. This is the, the, the 10,000 hour rule that Malcolm Gladwell talks about, that this is the 10,000 hour rule that, that, uh, that the book Mastery talks about. You need to spend uh, 10,000 hours, which breaks down to 40 hours a week, which is eight hours a day, five days a week for the next 10 years in order for you to develop mastery in a specific space. This is why some of the top influencers, why you know, people don't get it, they spent 10 years in that space building up a niche. And building up a legitimate audience, and they may be in, they may be in the entertainment space, or they may be um, someone that's in the info to inf- the information space. But just because you're in an individual space doesn't make you an influencer in another area. Do not get that twisted. Celebrity endorsements does not make you an actual influencer. What real influence is you have an actual like if Donald Trump started talking about politics, 
it makes total it makes a lot of sense why the man's the man has the or it makes a lot of sense simply because He's he's been paying a lot of attention uh, to politics since the early '80s, and he's been commenting on since the '80s. It's not something that's, that's foreign or that's new. It may be new to you, but if you look at any of his old interviews, you've been seeing he's been commenting and thinking about this for almost about 20, 25 years. Number two, um, look at the guy like Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is an actual authority in the, um, in the political realm. He's an authority in his space. Jordan Peterson is, an, is a thought leader and an authority in his space. He's got a background in social psych, and he's a professor. Like he really knows his shit. He's not someone that um, is just is just someone that you watch on TV for entertainment value. He's someone that really knows his shit and he's thoroughly thought things out and has done his research and due diligence to what he is talking about. He's spent his 10,000 hours to make him an expert. But if someone like Gaga all of a sudden decides to step in the space and debate with Jordan Peterson, she's going to get fried. Now, people would sit there and say, well, Gaga is right because they like Gaga. And there's a cognitive bias to believing that she's an authority because she's familiar to them. But she's not an authority to be able to comment on the same area and topics that Jordan Peterson's going to talk on at length and at scale. Why? She hasn't done the due diligence. She hasn't done her homework. And she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. He has spent a large, vast majority of his life becoming an expert in the space. He's an expert. She's not. Shut the fuck up. It's just very simple. Um, we call my one of my mentors used to call this developing an area of excellence, um, and, and this was one of the principles of attraction. You need to develop an area of excellence where you spent years of your life de- developing a specific skill that separated you from the rest of the pack. If you're an artist, you spend 10 to 15 years being an amazing fucking artist, being the best artist in the fucking space. If you're a real estate agent, you know everything about luxury, uh, uh, luxury residential homes, or you know everything about commercial homes. Like, you need to really know your shit. If you don't know your shit, you cannot be a fucking authority. This is why a lot of, like, 20-year-old life coaches, what the fuck, how can you be a 20-year-old life coach? You don't have any real experience yet to talk at scale about these things. This is why, like, people, like, you know, Steve Harvey, who've written multiple books about the subject, why he can be a thought leader and authority in the space. He actually has, you know, he's got, he's walked a mile in these shoes and that, and even with him saying that he's not a 100% authority. Why? He doesn't have a background in social psychology. He's not a, he's not a, a clinically trained psychologist. He doesn't know what he's talking about in certain areas. He doesn't, he's not able to reference any studies. Why? Because people that actually are that, that, um, the, the people that, that do the studies to figure this stuff out, like people like Robert Caldini, um, uh, Douglas Kenrick from the University of Arizona, um, uh, uh, B.F. Skinner, Edward Thorndike, uh, uh, Ivan Pavlov. Like these people just, uh, Sigmund Freud, these people, did they, they use large consumer polling to test their theories way before you ever heard them talking about it. Like Carl Jung, they did a lot of studies before they started releasing books. You know, Edward Bernays studied a lot of Freud's material for years before you ever um, heard him write the book Propaganda. So I hate to be funny, a lot of people that we're sitting there listening to today and we're sitting there going, man, this celebrity really knows what they're talking about. No, we're fucking morons. Like we, we're, we have, we're not fact checking these people to see what their background is. We're not fact checking to see, is there actual merit to this argument? Is this ar- argument based off of facts or is it just based off of opinions? And there's an old saying goes, uh, opinions are like assholes. Everybody fucking has one. What I would behoove people to do is to take a minute and to think we have cognitive biases. We always have cognitive blind spots and we have a halo effect that goes over people that we know, like, and trust. People that are, that are, um, that are, are, that are uh, uh, celebrities. They have social proof at scale. So we always go, oh, they know what they're talking about because they're a fucking celeb. Whoa, 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 whoa. They're a celebrity. 
They are not a thought leader. They have not spent 20 years in the actual place. The actor needs to stay being an authority as being a fucking actor, not talking about global warming and greenhouse gases. A person that's the model needs to talk about the modeling industry. She does not need to be talking about all these different fucking like diet bullshit that she doesn't know shit about. Like the person who's in the fitness space that's talking about gaining and losing weight, stay as the fitness influence. Do not start delving into the anti-aging fucking realm. Why? Because you motherfucker, you know about gaining and losing weight. You do not know shit about aging. Like stay in your fucking goddamn lane. I stay in my fucking lane. The reason I can talk at length about social psychology is because I have been studying it and teaching it since I was 16 years old. I started teaching from the very beginning. I have paid my dues, which is why I can take someone and get them the same results that I have with this because I still study under mentors. One of the mentors that I currently have with running my agency, he runs an agency. We get on the phone at 8 a.m. every single morning and we talk and we discuss about running the agency. I ask him his opinion and, and his polls on things. I had another mentor who ran a marketing and PR firm. We would talk because campaign strategies and ideas, and she used to tell me, you really know your shit. The only reason I had I had the ability to talk at length and know my shit is because people knew I used to spend hours at a time studying different textbooks. And I, I did not go to school for this. What I did do is I read the same textbooks that a lot of these university professors were recommending. And I ha- always had mentors that I followed behind and I copied exactly what they did, like a, a, a digital apprenticeship to get me years of experience. And more than read the textbooks, I used to go out and I used to practice for months at a time the psychological studies and the theories of things that I was reading to see if these things were accurate or if they were wrong. It gave me a working, practical working knowledge and an actual field experience to reference what I was talking about so I could give an actual demonstration of the things I was discussing. That's what makes me an authority. I, I have researched I have taught it to other people and got them the same success and I still practice and go out whatever and and use whatever I am learning and persuade and write down notes and I have notebooks full of theories that I go out and I actively test for months at a time to let me know is my hypothesis true? Am, Am I full of shit? Do I really know what I am fucking talking about? Why? Because there's one thing between being a fucking celebrity and there's another thing between being an actual influencer, an actual thought leader, and an actual fucking authority in a space. So I hope this was fucking useful. I hope you guys got something valuable out of this. I hope you were able to see things a little bit from my perspective in terms of how the way that I see things. Let me know what you guys think. You know, shoot me, uh, shoot me a comment and let me know what you guys are thinking about. If this actually was valuable for you, if you can see yourself using this, does this actually work for you? Has this opened your mind to see things from a different perspective? Let me know. But I'll talk to you guys later. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Live long and prosper.